All right, all right, good morning, New Life Church. How's everybody? He thought I was going to keep on going. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> After I started saying it, I thought, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. Who's glad to be in the house of God today? Amen. I'm so glad you were here. So glad you were here. Um, and we are thankful for the presence of the Lord. Let's, let me invite you to open your Bibles with me to the New Testament, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. And in a minute, we're going to read a few verses. They'll also be on the screen in case uh, you don't have your Bible with you or smartphone to follow along. I hear the pages turning. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> Last week, uh, we started... Um, a message called A New Year, Passions and Priorities, talking about this new year pursuing God with passion and making His house, making church a priority. And uh, today we're going to drill down a little bit deeper in that, particularly uh, on pursuing God with passion, and going to talk a little bit about a subject matter I'll introduce to you here in a second. But let's get to Mark 2, everybody there? Mark chapter 2, verse 18. It'll be on the screen as well. Let's look at these verses. Mark 2, verse 18. It says, Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and they asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, with a question like he often did. He said, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. Everybody's ready to throw down and chow down at a wedding reception. He says, they can't fast while the groom is with them. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Verse 21, besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would be lost. Can't have that, right? And then he says, new wine calls for new wineskins. Let's pray over today's word. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be together, to celebrate the life that we share in Christ. And I pray today, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, that, or maybe feels distant from you, maybe tried to run and hide from your will in their life, that, Lord, you would just help us to know that you love us and you would draw our hearts back to you. And that, God, through your word today, I pray and ask that you would truly speak to us, bring comfort to us, encouragement, challenge us, stretch us even. In this new year, God, we desire for you to do a fresh thing in our life. 
And Lord, on a subject matter pertaining to our community, we lift up this family whose little boy is missing. I know a lot of people are thinking about that, have been watching the news. and Regardless of what any one of us think, we pray that you, by your spirit, would cause that child to be found. You would lead people to him. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would truly be mighty and intervene in this situation. Help all those who are helping and searching and strengthen them. Guide by your divine hand. We thank you today. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in every single one of our lives. For you are a good God. And your will for us is perfect. So may your perfect will be expressed, be known, and be pursued by each of us today. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Amen. Well, today I've got a message I'm titled in a new year, Fast Forward. Fast Forward. Take a look uh, at this verse on the screen, Isaiah 43, 19. The, the prophet Isaiah was saying the word of the Lord. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Can you say a new thing? It says, Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The word new there in the Hebrew meaning, it means, it means this right here. It means fresh of this year. So what the prophet Isaiah is saying about the, what the Lord is saying, he said, I will do a fresh thing this year in your life. How many of you desire God to do a fresh thing in your life this year? That you want to have fresh revelation of his word. You want your prayer life to be fresh and real. You want the presence of God to be real. You want your relationship with God to be real. You want your relationships with each other to be fresh. Your marriage to be blissful. Your children to love Jesus. Amen. And nothing too big for God, right? Nothing is impossible to them who believe in him. Amen. And you want, to, you want God to, be a, to be a, do a fresh work and a fresh thing in your life this year. Well, Isaiah the prophet is saying, Look, God wants to do that. But he asked a question. He said, do you not know it? Shall you not know it? Do you not perceive it? In other words, are you aware? Are you aware that God really wants to move and work in your life this year? And he said, if you believe it and you know it, God will do that. A fresh thing. You know, I, I believe that many of the things, the fresh things that God wants to do in our life is contingent upon us, that we have a certain measure of responsibility. The Lord speaks, the Lord guides through His Word, the Lord tells us, hey, I have a plan for you, but it's up to you and I to pursue that. It's up to you and I to pursue Him. It's, there's an onus on us to not only hear the Word, accept it, and understand it, and believe it, and put our faith in it, but then we have a responsibility to actually begin to pursue that and walk towards that. Amen? And so, with that being said, he asked that question, do you perceive that I want to do this fresh work in your life? Today we're going to look at, look at this in, in this regards, that we're going to look at what God can do, what God wants to do, and what God will do in our life this year. 
that I want to challenge us today. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to challenge us today as a church to begin to have a focus, an outlook, a vision, if you will, about the future for this year. And, and have a heart of faith to believe about what God can do, what is possible with God, that what God wants to do in our life, His desire, and what God will do in our life, His will. And we're going to look at that today and how we can begin to move forward in that this year. Here's, look at this statement right here. It says this. It says, fasting moves our life forward into the fresh things of God. Last week I shared a little uh, a, a statement that said the, the prophetic word of God is how God calls us into the future. And today fasting is actually what moves our life forward into the fresh things of God for our life. And we're, so I'm, we're talking about a subject matter that uh, is one that we really don't like. Uh, our flesh hates fasting. Uh, it's not something we just desire to do. And so my attempt today in, in preaching this subject matter to you today and, ch and sharing from God's Word is, is one to, um, to inspire and to build some faith and to encourage you to stretch yourself beyond perhaps where you have been and where you're at and begin to see the things that are, that are possible and to begin to have an eye and a, and, a, and a view and a perspective with God about what is capable, what God is capable of doing in our life when we open our life up, when we yield to Him, and we make more room for Him. And so we're looking at, at it this way, because what God can do, what God wants to do, and what God will do th then changes our life to be what we can do, what we want to do, and what we will do according to God's plan in our life. Amen? And so... God has a plan, God has a purpose, and God wants to do a fresh thing in our life. Do we not understand it? Do we not perceive it? Hopefully, yes, and we come around to that. Then, what is possible, what is, what is possible with God, this, this fresh thing, what God can, wants to, and will do, changes our life to begin to pursue that and to begin to have a life of faith that, that moves and operates in that. So we're looking here. Mark chapter 2, but we're gonna, I'm going to parallel this with, with an Old Testament scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah 58. We're going to parallel a few, few things out of chapter 58 as well. And these, these verses, will, you can follow along on the screen as well. If you're taking notes, you can write, write them down. But today I want to share, th out, of, out of Mark 2 that we just read, I want to share three lessons about fasting and how fasting moves our life forward. So here's right off the bat. Please don't go to sleep. Please don't count me out. Please like, oh, great, message on fasting. Yay, whoop-dee-doo. How's that really going to change my life? Well, if you'll listen, you'll, you'll, you'll open your heart. I'm, I'm telling you, this, this will change your life. Because we just, as Haley uh, mentioned earlier, we just started uh, this past week on a church-wide 21-day prayer and fast. And uh, we have cards. We gave these cards out last week. These cards are available at the Connect and Guest table there at the back before you head out of the sanctuary. You can grab one. But uh, um. We, um, we provided a few tools and resources for you um, in this time frame. One of the things we provided is, uh, is our 21 devotionals, 21-day devotionals that our staff wrote. And so they're on our website. If you go to newlifechurchofjackson.org, you can go down, pull up blog, and it'll pull up uh, the, um, the uh, devotionals for this week, for this new week. And so each week there's a new set. Um, 
I came across this little nugget. Uh, obviously, these are some things we might know, but there are 66 books in the Bible, obviously. There are 1,189 chapters in the Bible, and there's 31,102 verses in the Bible. Talk about memorizing verses, memorizing Scripture. 31,102 Scripture verses to memorize. I haven't, I haven't got there yet. But here's what my mind, where my mind went with 31,102 verses is this. It went this direction. There's enough verses in the Bible to cover 85 years of our life one day at a time. You take 31,102 divided by 365, you get 85. So 85 years, there's a verse a day for 85 years. Probably don't start reading until, what, four or five, really get good about, what, six or seven Add 85 years to that, you're close to 90, 92, 93. So just think about it. The bulk of our life, if not all of our life, we have an opportunity to have a verse a day for the rest of our life. In other words, there is enough of God to sustain us. There is enough of God to hold us, to keep us, to satisfy us, to fulfill us, and to give us a hope and a vision for our life and a purpose for which we are called to live. That there should never be an excuse in our heart, in our life, to say that God doesn't have enough for me. 31,102 verses, and we know if we read the Word, we understand it, that His Word is life-giving and life-powerful and life-changing. Amen? And so, we need to put ourselves in position, especially during this 21-day prayer and fast, Get in the Word of God. We provide you with a simple devotional to do that with some scripture, some thoughts to think on, some questions to ask, and to begin to lead us in that day to pray. So wherever you're at, we're starting week two. I just want to admonish you, start. Okay, and then we're gonna, I'm going to dive into this right here about fasting. Fasting forward. Fasting moves our life forward into the fresh things of God. The first lesson is this, is don't compare your fasting with other people. One of the biggest mistakes I think we make when it comes to these spiritual disciplines of, of fasting and praying is this, we often compare what other people are doing to what we are doing. And sometimes other people are doing things that are like crazy way out there beyond what, what we can even do, and we get discouraged, and we get disappointed, so we're like, well, shoot, man, I can't fast no 21 days. I can't go 2.1 hours. What's up with that? And we, so what happens is we don't do anything, or we start comparing it, and, and then maybe we flaunt what we do. See, that was the problem with these, the, the, this conversation, this dialogue Jesus had with these people. They were saying, hey, why don't your disciples fast like these other disciples do, John's and the Pharisees? Because here's the background of that. They were known for fasting twice a week. That was just kind of the standard thing, okay? Just like we eat, hopefully, three meals a day or whatever you get in, the, in this world. They were fasting twice a week. It was just standard. And so they were asking this question, comparing what they were doing with the way Jesus' disciples were doing life. And he was hearing what they were saying, and then he starts, uh, then he's going to answer them. But here's what I want to tell you about this, is whatever you do in this, in the, we got, we're, 14, we're seven days in, so 14 days left. Whatever you do, I want to encourage you, fast something. I don't care what it is. 
here at our church, we, we don't stipulate you got to do this or that or this or that or this or that. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You, your big boys, your big girls, you determine what it is you want to do and what you have the faith for and what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do, okay? But here's what I wanted you to do. Do something. It might be some food. It might be meals. It might be social media. It, it might be TV. I don't know what it, what it is. The thing that you can, you can kind of put your hand on, put your finger on, that you know, man, if I will give this up, it will free me up some time, and I can put that time and that attention, that focus, more intently on my relationship with God. Right? That is the implication behind it. Okay, so I just want to encourage you, challenge you, whatever you do, it's between you and God, but fast something. And don't compare what it is you're going to do with what other people are doing. Because if, if other people are flaunting what they're doing, then here's the deal. Jesus says that's their reward. If you've if you got to go out and tell everybody that you're fasting and you're getting this and you're doing that, then he's like, basically, that's all they're going to get out of it. Okay, because here's what he says in Isaiah 58, 2b. Look at this on the screen. It says, they asked me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. He says, we have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it, God. He says, I will tell you why. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. And even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions. And he asks this question, is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? So, whatever you do, don't compare what you do with other people or what have you. Because Christians are bad about that, right? Let's just go ahead and get, out, get that confessional out there. This is a big confessional booth. Let's just get that out there. Christians are bad. We're bad about comparing ourselves with other people. I know we're not supposed to. I get that. We're not supposed to. And sometimes it's easier at other times than others. But in this case, fast something and trust God that when you do it, that He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna draw near to you. Because that leads us to the second thing. Number two, the second lesson. Everybody follow me so far? Second thing is this, fast for the right reasons. Fast for the right reasons. Jesus begins to answer their question, why don't you fast and your disciples fast like the rest of us do? And he begins to say, look, the groom and the, and the people, he says, as long as the groom's around, people don't need to fast. He said, there's coming a day when the groom, talking about himself, the bridegroom, is going to be taken away and then they will fast. Here's what he's saying. Fasting will be and should be a part of our life. Because obviously Jesus is not here physically. He is, he is going to return again. His second coming. But what he's giving a clue here and he's giving some direction here is saying, look, there will come a day when my people will fast. And when they fast, they need to make sure they fast for the right reasons. Look at Isaiah 58. It's here on the screen. It says this. It says, this is the kind of fasting I want, says God. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. 
Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. So what, what's he getting at? If you read that, at first off, it makes it sound like, hey, I shouldn't be fasting anything. I shouldn't be giving up anything. I shouldn't be doing without food. I shouldn't be going without this or, or going without that for a time frame in my life. But what he's getting at is this. That's just a preacher's kid. Don't worry about it. Should be good. That's how, uh, that's how good our people, that's how good all these folks who work with all our kids, they're going to be good, all right? It's all right. It's all right. So he's saying at first glance, he's not saying don't do without. Don't go without eating or don't go without fasting something. What he's getting at is this, is, is this, and when you fast, fast for the right reasons. And when you fast for the right reasons, it'll get you to focus on the right things. And all these things, he said, what good is it if you keep fighting and quarreling and oppressing people and, and doing all this? He said, that's not what I've called you to do. I've called you to actually bring change to the world around you. That's called focusing on the right things, helping people out, clothing the naked, sheltering those who have none, feeding those who don't have, all those things. Those are the things that you should be doing anyway, but you can't do those things effectively if you're worried about what people think and what you really think about what I've called you to do. And so here he's saying, look, fast for the right reasons. And when you fast for the right reasons, then you focus on the right things. And fasting for the right reasons is this, is fasting, first of all, unto God. Unto God. Fast unto God. Here's, I read a story recently about a U.S. congressman by the name of Tony Hall. Tony Hall was... Um, he served on the chair of the Select Committee on Hunger. Part of their responsibility was to try to alleviate hunger, okay? And suddenly all the funding for that, that Select Committee, all the funding for that cause was cut. And so Tony was a little devastated. He thought about maybe quitting Congress altogether and all that stuff. And his wife said, Tony, have you thought about fasting? You're talking about hunger, alleviating hunger, problem-solving this thing. He says, have you thought about fasting? And so he said, no, I haven't. So he started a fast. And quickly, news spread out, and 10,000 high schools in our country joined Tony on a fast. Some of you might remember this, seeing it on the news a while back. And the, new, the networks caught up to it, and they started uh, following and shadowing and documenting what was going on. And on day 22 of the fast, the World Bank called Tony and said, hey, we want to convene a conference on world hunger. And at that conference, they, read, they had pledged, uh, people pledged $100 million towards that cause to help with hunger. And since then, over a half a billion dollars were, was raised towards that cause. And here's what Tony said. He said, don't fast unto a cause, but fast unto God. And when you do, God leans in a little closer. I know we have causes, meaning we have things that we want God to do. We have these, these thoughts in mind. We have this hope in mind, these prayer, prayers in mind. That we want to see God move. We want to see God come down and change things in our life and do these different things. Nothing wrong with that, but the, the core of this whole idea behind pursuing God is that we pursue God. 
And when we fast, it causes us, when we are doing without food or doing without whatever, it's a, it's a mindset and it reminds us, hey, as I'm doing without this, I, sh- I am also, it's showing me I am in need of more of Jesus in my life. Okay? So we, we don't need to um, complicate this matter of a relationship with God. We don't go 365 days without stuff, but he's saying there are certain types and seasons. This is a season we're in right now at the beginning of the year to fast and pray, to do without certain things, to make us mindful for this year. I don't want to get my life so consumed with whatever that God has no room in my life, that I want to make sure that God is number one in me. And when that happens, as Tony was saying, don't fast unto a cause. And when you do fast unto God, you see that God will move in your life. He's going to. And you will see that God gets closer to you. And that's another reason to fast, a right reason to fast. And that is when we fast for the right reasons, Jesus gets closer to us and we get closer to Jesus. Some of us have things going on in our life. Some of us have some real issues, some real problems, some real deep-seated things in our life that we truly need the power of the Holy Spirit to truly function and move in us if we're going to ever see any transformation and any change in our life at all. And friend, I want to tell you that if you, will, if you will take God serious at His Word and you will take some time over these next 14 days and you will fast something and you fast for the right reason, you will see that God leans in closer to you, you get closer to Jesus, and Jesus will get closer to you, and you will begin to see the power of God, the fresh things of God, truly fall on you and move in your life like you have never seen before. It's not, it's not some mystical equation. It's just simply this. God says, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Amen? It's a relationship. You'll get more out of relationship when you invest some of yourself into it, right? You know that about the natural relationships. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And if you will put yourself in God's hand, in God's arms, and you will say, God, I am pursuing you, and I'm, I'm serious because I'm going to do away with certain stuff in my life. I'm fasting this, I'm fasting that, and I want you to see that I'm serious and I'm sincere and you fast unto God, you'll see God draw closer to your life. The right reasons brings us closer to Jesus and Jesus closer to us because I believe what Paul says in Philippians 4.13, one of the most quoted scriptures, that I can do all things, come on, help me out, through Christ who, who gives you the strength? That's right, Christ. I can do all things. Isn't that powerful? All things. I can do all things. I can do all that God wants me to do. I can do everything the Lord has purposed for my life through Christ who strengthens me. How are we going to tap into that strength? Through prayer and fasting. That's right. As we pursue Him. Jesus gets closer to us, and we get closer to Jesus because I believe this about this year. There are some things that God wants to do, some fresh things in your life, in all of our lives, and in our church, that God says, look, I have this planned. I have this on the map for the year. I have this on the radar for the year. That This is what I have planned to do in your life. 
but you're going to need my strength to do it. And you're not going to be able to do it on your own, but you're going to need me. You're going to need me to be bigger in you than I've ever been before. You're going to need me to be closer to you than I've ever been closer before. You're going to need my wisdom more than you've ever needed it before. You're going to need my power more than you've ever needed it before. You're going to need my wisdom more than you've ever needed it before. You're going to need my presence, my grace, and all of I am and who I am to be big in your life because of what I have planned for you this year. It's so much greater than you that you're going to need my strength. And when we get his strength, when we draw near to him. And at this point in our life, January 17th, 2016, we're starting the second week of our unified church prayer and fast. That church, I'm telling you, fasting will change your life. You don't have, I'm not telling you to do 40 days. I'm not telling you to do the next 14 days every single day, all your meals. Whatever the Lord wants you to do, don't be stupid about it either. All right? Don't be, try to be super religious about it. Just be sincere in it. All right? And be authentic in it and be real and humble about it. And I'm telling you, I truly believe the things that you're waiting and hoping and praying and believing for God to do, I believe that he will begin to draw near to you and give you the strength that you need to accomplish it. I have some things that God is brewing in my spirit to share with you at Heart for the House in two weeks on the 31st that I'm telling you, it's, it's so much bigger than anything I've ever thought of before. So much greater than anything I have ever put down on paper before, and it's bubbling in my spirit that when I came across this verse, reminded of Philippians 4.13 again, that, hey, God's given me something to pursue that's bigger than myself, Therefore, if, if he's given it to me, then there must be a way he's going to cause it to come about, that I'm going to need his strength. And so I just want to encourage you, admonish you on these next two weeks. I'm not going to be hounding you about praying. I'm not going to be hounding you about fasting. I'm not going to be calling you and saying, are you praying? Are you fasting? I don't do that stuff here. But if you'll do it, you'll take God at his word. I'm telling you, you want God to move? You want God to shake some stuff up in your life. You want God to break some shackles. You want God to, to change things and transform stuff in your world. Then here's how it works. You pray, you fast, you pursue God. It's a relationship. And the last lesson is this. Is fasting prepares us for the fresh things of God. This is what fasting does. It prepares us. It gets us ready for the fresh things that God wants to bring about in our life. He goes on, Jesus answers their question about fasting, and he says, hey, who takes an old cloth, an old pair of clothes, and puts a brand new patch on it? He said, over time, I think that new patch, it's going to shrink and it's going to pull away. And the, and the hole is going to be bigger in that cloth than it was before. And who takes old wineskins and tries to pour new wine into it? He said, the old wineskins are dry and cracked. And if you pour the new in there, it's going to burst. You're going to lose the wine and you're going to lose the wineskin. He said, nobody puts the old on the new because he says the new wine calls for new wineskins. And it's all in the context of the conversation about fasting. So it leads us to believe that there's a preparation process involved. That as we fast, 
and we give attention and devotion to the Lord, that He prepares us to be a receiver of the new that He wants to pour into our life. So we don't go approaching our relationship with God to be a band-aid to our problems. We don't go to Him to just fix this, fix that, fix this, and fix that, and then in turn, we're not willing to truly change, truly be transformed. See, that's what it's like when you put an old, a new patch on an old cloth. The tear and the hole is going to be worse. If you try to band-aid your life with God, it'll never work. Jesus is not interested in being your band-aid. He's not interested in band-aiding your relationship, your marriage, your kids, your problems, your finances, your work, your purpose, whatever it is, he, your addiction. He's not interested in being a band-aid. No, he wants to completely transform. And when we let him completely transform, he takes the old and makes it new again to be able to sustain and hold and receive all the fresh things that he wants to pour into your life. Because I'm telling you this right here, that if you will get a vision for your life and a focus on your life full of faith of what God is, can do, what God wants to do, and what God will do in your life this year, your life will never be the same. It'll never be the same. It will not be the same. And that's what he does. As we fast, think about what you are fasting or think about what you're going to fast and think about when you do away with that, these next two weeks. Some of you might think, man, I can't go without that. I can't do without this. I can't. I just want to tell you to try. I want to tell you to try. Some of us are at different levels, maturity with the Lord. Start somewhere. Try something. You'll be amazed that when you do it, you'll be like, hey, praise God, I did it. I did it. I remember the very first time I fasted, I thought, man, this is nuts. I don't want to do without food. I did it, and I was going to do a three-day fast. I mean, I was going to do it. Day two came around. I just want to tell you about the grace of God. The Lord said, you can stop now. I didn't even have to finish day three. Day two came around, and my friend, my best, one of my best friends, his family invited me over for dinner. My folks were out of town. And they invited me over, and I was like, God, you invite me to eat, and I'm fasting. Doggone it. It's kind of like, you know, your work or your friend or somebody says, hey, I'm going to take you to lunch today. You would, you dog, you. <laughs> Why didn't you do that last week? But anyway, I was trying to learn this thing, and, and, the, and, I, and I said, I'm going to have to call you back. Give me a minute. So I was like, I'm fasting, but I don't want to, like, you know, I want to go be with people who love me and want to spend some time with me, so I just felt like the Lord just said, okay, you're good, man. Go have fun. Go enjoy it. I know your heart. You had started it. You're in it. It's all good. I don't exactly remember what he said like that. Just kind of, that's kind of how it felt in me. So I did. But that started a process of beginning to have my eyes open. Hey, that as I and we begin to do without certain things, especially in seasons of intense seeking of the Lord. 
intentional seeking of the Lord. God will move. See, I was praying at that time about trying to get into seminary. And all the doors were closed. I couldn't get in. But I knew in my heart that's what the Lord wanted me to do. So I was praying and fasting about that. And I didn't finish the three-day fast. I did a day and a half. And before the end of that semester was over, the door opened, the favor came, and it was all paid for. To you, like seminary, God, I wouldn't want to go there. I know. But think about what your heart desire is. Think about what it is in your life right now. Let me ask it to you this way. What fresh thing do you need from God this year? Some of you, you've got, you've got family members who you've been praying for for years to be in church and to have a relationship with God. And you haven't given up. That's one of your things that I know you're believing for. But think about it. What fresh thing do you need from God? And then, with that in mind, fast with the future in mind. Fast with your life moving forward towards that. It's called faith. And I want your faith to be built as our flesh dies, as our flesh is yearning for whatever it is we're doing without in our fast. You have faith to believe for what is in your future. That you believe this is a fresh thing that God, I'm believing Him for. Isaiah 58, it's on the screen. Verse 8, the Lord says, You fast for the right reasons. You pursue me with the right heart. He says, here's what happens. When your life is focused on the right things, I'm getting closer to you, and you're getting closer to me. He says this in verse 8. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, fresh, new. And your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward to what is in front of you. You following the train of thought here? This is all in context of the kind of fast God says I want for your life. Fast something. Fast for the right reason. You'll begin to focus on the right things. I'll be closer to you. You'll be closer to me. And I will begin to do a fresh thing in your life. He says, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Verse 11. The Lord will guide you, what? Continually. How many of you want the Lord to truly guide your life continually? Come on. Who wants that? You want, man, I, I want God. It's not a trick question. I just want God to lead my life, man. I want the Lord to continually lead me. And he says, and giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. It's not just a physical state of presence, it's a spiritual state of presence because when you physically feel dry and you physically feel hungry and you're physically weak from fasting and doing without, 
you're reminded spiritually, I need more of Him. It says, you will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. It's a picture of what lies ahead in our future. That fasting prepares us for the fresh things of God. So, as we conclude this morning, what can God do? What does God want to do? What will God do in my life this year? What fresh thing do you need God to do in your life? Let's stand to our feet. If you're able to stand, stand. I'm going to go back to a song we did earlier called Set a Fire Down in My Soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Meaning I need the Lord. I want the Lord. I desire the Lord that big, that strong, that much this year that He overtakes me, that He overwhelms me, that He fills me to be an ever-flowing spring. That when... I see other people who are dry and parched in their hearts, who are disconnected from their purpose. Their family is being pulled apart by the threads. A friend who's lost, a friend who's confused, a co-worker who just needs a shoulder to cry on, a friend to lean on, a stranger who's just need some reassurance. A church member who just needs me to come and have a meal with them. A brother and sister in Christ that I only see on Sundays. But the Lord is saying, become closer to them. 